Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma-trained practitioner, and welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Well, friends, I cannot believe that this is the last episode, episode 10 of season 2 already. The weeks have just flown past, and I've actually had brainstormed what season 3 and season 4 might look like. However, if you have a burning question or you would like me to cover a certain topic, do message me. You can either message me via Instagram at my account at mailing.l, that's at M-E-I-L-I-N-G dot A-W, or send me an email, and that's mailing at mailingowlcoaching.com. Now, this week, we are going to learn life and leadership lessons from Dr. Zeus. Yes, Dr. Zeus. Now, when I was a kid, I used to love Dr. Zeus and the cat in the hat. I had this spate of time where I was like obsessed with his books and borrowed every single book I could from the library. (laughs) I did a bit of research on Dr. Zeus and he actually was invented by an American writer and illustrator, Theodore Zeus Geisel. And he was born in 1904 in Massachusetts in the U.S., And before becoming a writer and illustrator, he had actually considered becoming a professor. So that's where all Dr. Zeus's wisdom comes from. (laughs) So without further ado, this is quote number one from Dr. Zeus. You know you're in love when you can't fall asleep because reality is finally better than your dreams. Ah, I really love that. When I read that sentence, like, wow. And I truly believe that, like... Whatever you're working towards to right now, it may seem tough. It may require discipline, willpower. You're working towards your dreams. However, I do say, please find ways that you can inject joy and love in your life along the way. It doesn't have to be a tough slog the entire way. Humans need connection, right? So make sure you connect with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your pets, and make sure that you find Ways to feel comforted, relax, that you feel like you're coming home, that there's a sanctuary for you and you feel safe and happy. It doesn't have to be so hard while you're trying to achieve your dreams. And hey, if you're already reached your dreams, how can you spread the same joy to other people? So think about ways because humans feel fulfillment when it's not only us helping ourselves and enriching ourselves, be it actually, you know, increasing the amounts in our bank account or the way we feel that we are living a rich life, but also how we can contribute to other people and make other people's lives better. Now, quote number two. I like nonsense. It wakes up the brain cells. Fantasy is a necessary ingredient in living. (laughs) I think this is the first time I read this sentence. I'm not sure. Um, I can't remember that far back. But the fact that somebody actually says, I like nonsense. (laughs) But, you know, it all comes down to, are you still dreaming? Are you still dreaming of the life that you want to have? Because I feel that sometimes when, after we graduated after we've gotten married, after we've gotten that job, some people just feel enslaved. They feel like they are shackled to their job. They have got a family and kids and they can no longer travel around the world. They feel like they can't live their dreams anymore because life didn't turn out the way they thought it would. 
And I'm here to say, find time to dream. I tell my clients to set about one to two hours of focus time every week. And this focus time is not about, hey, I've got to get this done and this done and this done and it's a full to-do list. This focus time is actually time to play and explore and be curious about life. To actually jot down ideas or think about, hmm... I was thinking about inventing this thing or writing this book or painting this or reaching out to a friend or professor because I want to learn something from them. This is time to play and explore. So think about that. If you can, try to also schedule one to two hours of focus time during your week. Quote number three. The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more you learn, the more places you'll go. Oh, I love this. Another rhyme. (laughs) And this is the whole point about Dr. Zeus, right? And I love this. So when I was young, my dad bought the Encyclopedia Britannica from a traveling salesman. True story. This is in Singapore. But rather than the mundane, the adult version, which is, you know, the normal version, with like the most incredible, tiny, I think, you know, N8, N7 print or something like that in the books. They had a version of the Peanuts cartoon, which is Snoopy. And they had another version, which was more like, which was for ages 10 to 14, thereabouts. And I love that series. I learned about the Moai heads in Chile on Easter Island. I learned about the Forbidden City in Beijing and the dragon lady who was like, she ruled that she would be the last woman to rule China. I read and thus imagined places that were far away and magical. Kind of like Annette Blyton's, I think it's called the Magic Faraway Tree. You know, where different lands would land on top of that tree and then you just climb up the trunk and then you discover a different land. <laughs> How amazing would that be in terms of travel? <laughs> I'd be willing to climb up a tree or two for that. But yeah, just being able to read and get your imagination on fire and start thinking, hey, what would it be like to visit that land for myself, that country for myself and explore the culture, the food? It sounds so fascinating. Quote number four, I have heard there are troubles of more than one kind. Some come from ahead and some come from behind. But I've brought a big bat. I'm all ready, you see. Now my troubles are going to have troubles with me. (laughs) Oh, I love this. This is so cool this week, isn't it? So yeah, you know, trouble is sometimes like a curveball. You know, it blindsides you, you have no idea it's coming. You may have the best laid plans, but certain things may come your way that is totally unexpected. And that's what Dr. Zeus meant by some come from ahead and some come from behind. (laughs) And his bet, I like to think, is an analogy. And in my coaching practice, I empower my clients with tools, tools in the toolbox that they can use so that they can self-coach their mind and they're not dependent on me. They don't have to see me week after week just to be able to fix their problems. By the end of their coaching sessions with me, they are empowered to be able to look at things in a different way, to have a different lens, a different frame of reference, and to be able to solve problems in a way that suits them, that feels safe for their nervous system, that feels right and true, and stays within integrity for them. I am giving them the tools so that they can decide ultimately what is best to do for themselves. Quote number five, so be sure when you step, step with care and great tact. And remember that life's a great balancing act. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Kid, 
you'll move mountains. <laughs> I love that, you know. He says that life is a great balancing act indeed. And to always keep the belief that you will succeed. You know, and I think part of us for humans is that we dream of something and it may seem impossible at first. But the idea and the acts that bring us ever closer to that dream empowers us, inspires us, you know, it makes us feel happy that we are moving closer. We are accomplishing steps that bring us closer to our dream. Quote number six, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. For me, that was an important thought and I'll bring it in terms of my business. When I started coaching, I had a bit of imposter syndrome, you know. I was thinking, who am I to offer one-on-one coaching? And when I used to be a clinician, I didn't have to market myself because I was already in a clinic, in a hospital. It was the clinic and hospital that referred patients to me and they booked in with me. And later on, when I built a rapport and my clients and my patients really liked me, they then booked their relatives, their kids, their parents with me because they liked me personally and they thought I gave really good care. But I didn't have to do the marketing myself. Whereas as a coach, this is my own business. So basically, I am marketing myself because when you book in with me, you get me. So I was thinking... Who am I? But then I thought to myself, you know what? I know enough to help one person today. And that was such an empowering thought. And so, yes, to the world, I may be one person. But to one person, I may give them the tools so that they can help themselves and they can finally get out of their funk, their depression, their anxiety, and actually feel safe to feel happy again. And this is what inspires me in my work. Quote number seven, he who makes a beast out of himself gets rid of the pain of being a man. When you get really angry or you're hurt, sometimes it's easier to lash out and be angry rather than feeling into being hurt and sad because you're thinking, I don't want to feel this. It's so uncomfortable and it's so painful. I don't want anybody to approach me. I want to wallow in my misery. And if anybody comes close, I'm going to bite them. I'm going to lash out. I'm going to hit out. And by acting this way, so beastly, so angry, so full of hurt, it actually feels better than sitting down and just feeling sad and feeling all the pain and the hurt in you. Quote number eight. It has often been said, there's so much to be read. You never can cram all those words in your head. So the writer who breathes more words than he needs is making a chore for the reader who reads. That's why my belief is, the briefer the brief is, the greater the sigh of the reader's relief is. And that's why your books have such power and strength. You publish with shorth. Shorth is better than length. (laughs) Okay, I'm guessing that all of you know that shorth is a made-up word, right? Basically, he was saying, if you can make it brief, all the better. You don't need an entire poem. You don't need Homer's Odyssey to make a point. (laughs) Quote number nine. Sometimes you will never know the value of something until it becomes a memory. Think about your life right now. Look around you. Who is around you? Who is sending you a text, sending you an email to say, hey, how's it going? How do you create good memories in your life? Are you doing things that you love? Are you spending time with your loved ones? Or are you just spending time complaining about the job that you hate? 
that you're in right now? Or are you spending time complaining about not loving the place where you live or the suburb where you live? So do what you can to change that for yourself. Stop complaining. Start taking action. Quote number 10. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own. And you know what you know. And you're the one who'll decide where to go. I think that is pretty self-explanatory. You have the power. You have the power to choose. No matter what you say, there is nobody putting a gun to your head. You have made choices yourself. If you want to see all the rules, the unwritten rules that you have lived by up to this point, all the beliefs, all the limiting beliefs that you've had, just look around you right now. Because you have created your own reality. Now the next step is, do you want to continue living this way or do you want to make a change? And again, it's up to you to decide for yourself. I hope you found this episode useful. I'm hoping to create a bonus track for season two. So watch out for that. But otherwise, bye for now.